You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. One of the big differences in doing a podcast between doing live radio is that if I'm doing live radio, which which I had done in the past in my life, back in the ancient yes, days. Yes, you have. Yeah, around the turn of the century. Uh, you would have likely a producer in the room, maybe a co-host most likely, uh, and live phone callers that when you said something stupid would immediately call you on it. And then you'd be like, ah, I'm an idiot. And then you just move on, right? In a podcast, right, right. when you say something stupid... It's just there. It's just sitting there on the internet for you. <laughs> right, exactly. So when just I'm sitting there, when I'm doing the show by myself, as you did the other day, right, exactly. End of the day, bourbon in my hand, sitting at the bar, lights are all down except for the bar lights, just kind of doing my own thing, blocking out my family upstairs, and just kind of running through my thoughts on the White Sox on the last episode. And I'm doing quick lookups of players trying to figure out, like, oh, here's a pitcher the White Sox could still pursue. When I Google Carlos Martinez, the first thing that pops up is the PED thing. And I'm like, all right, that's good. What I should have done is scrolled because I would have seen he was also suspended for domestic violence and sexual assault policy violations. So he may be an actual bigger scumbag than Mike Clevenger. And I suggested him. Now, I fixed it by like 11 o'clock in the morning. So some of you completely missed me doing that because if you listen after 11 a.m. on your podcast player, most likely you only heard me talking about Michael Pineda and the show wasn't 30 minutes of good. It was 28 and a half. Curiously, yes. Because I was mortified by the idea that I did it. But this may also, Ed, be what the problem with the White Sox is. You know, I assume that you have a large group of people that are all doing research and checking in on players that you're giving millions of dollars to. But maybe it's just one guy sitting in his basement that they're contracting out who at 7 o'clock at night is doing a quick Google search on his second glass of bourbon. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's what happens. Yes, maybe that's what's going on. I I am here to offer my services both again to you. I mean, I got sick one time here, I know. Chris. I know. I got I just I couldn't I couldn't quite answer the bell. But yeah, I, I will offer my services to the White Sox too. Look, I I don't uh consume bourbon quite at the same uh pace that Chris does sometimes. I also assume that they had a scouting department for those purposes, but what do I know? And as you said, the bourbon problem. If you're listening to this show right now, I am in day two of my four-day trek through the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. We ran into a lot of Socks in the Basement listeners when I was down there last year at this time. So if you're out there listening to the podcast right now, which happened multiple stops, I ran into different people who listened to the show and recognized me. One, because I was wearing the shirt. Well, So that helps. You're walking around basically as a giant billboard for yourself right but after a couple of bourbons i'm really loud and the voice is distinctive too so that was yes, also that's part very, of it that's very true <laughs> so, well. i've known that for a very long time but, now but uh, but if uh, look for me if, if you're down in kentucky right now listening to this podcast when you uh, are not in kentucky and you're outside the ballpark 
Cork and Carey at the park is the place to be. 33rd and Princeton, right on the corner in the shadow of the ballpark. Award-winning menu of burgers and ballpark favorites. Two-for-one burgers when you dine in on Mondays, non-Sox home games. That includes the offseason. Uh, it's your home base for White Sox pregame, postgame, and viewing parties. And I'm also getting ready for the big celebration taking place along Western Avenue here in March when Cork and Carey, the original in Beverly, uh, is going to be throwing one hell of a bash during the Southside Irish Parade. Start making your plans now. Uh, we will see you all season at Cork and Carry at the park. Learn more about getting one of their event rooms or seeing what's on their taps at corkandcarry.com, the official sponsors of Socks in the Basement. On the line with me right now, a guy I like to bring on when I want to add more legitimacy to my show. I go to James Fox, Future Socks. He understands exactly what's going on, especially in the minor leagues, but he's got a good take on what's going on with the team as well. How are you, James? I'm good, sir. How are you? You're, you know, your latest that you did alone was pretty good. Lots of minor league talk on that one. Lots of, uh, lots of Colton Montgomery. I like that one. I'm looking at I'm looking at the non-roster invitees, and you heard me talk about that on the last show. And, and you know, there's some names that, that stick out to me. In fact, I gave you a shout-out because I was like, here, Sean Burke. I remember James Fox talking about him. When you get that list, knowing what you know about these minor league players, are you able to really quickly look at it and go, well, that guy's going to be there for two weeks. That guy's actually got a shot. That guy, I'm really curious where he's progressed to. Is it, is that the first thing you were able to like drop him into categories because you, you follow the minors so closely? Yeah, usually. But I think this year, with the, I don't know the exact schedule because I'm not like a huge fan of um, like players from my favorite team like playing exhibition games. But like with the World Baseball Classic, I think some of these guys might get some run like for longer possibly than they would normally. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, you just kind of get a look at Colson Montgomery, and then I think you send him to minor league camp. I mean, that that's the type of guy where, like, you know, he can hit, like, 750, and, like, he's going to Birmingham, right? So I think one of the things that's kind of lost when you talk about NRIs is that the whole 40-man roster is also in big league camp, right? Which means, like, I think people kind of look at the roster, and they're like, oh, no Jose Rodriguez, no Lenin Sosa, like, no Brian Ramos. And, like, those guys are on the 40. So they're in camp too. So it should be pretty interesting. And, you know, with the amount of players that the White Sox supposedly has playing in the WBC, um, yeah, we should get early looks at guys. And honestly, I mean, this isn't what you asked me, but like Oscar Colas, Lenin Sosa, you know, like some of those guys like might have the opportunity to win a job. Yeah, well, I'm expecting Colas to, to win that job. I mean, am I, am I crazy? Like, I know they have a lot of other guys that have minor league contracts that are outfielders. But it, he feels like the guy that should get it, and they kind of need it, don't they? Don't they need an Oscar Colas story for for their fan base? Yeah, and it's like something we've been we've been talking about a lot on the Future Sox podcast, and like like Rick Hahn and White Sox personnel don't generally offer up like you know things along the lines of Oscar Colas will be given every chance to like make the team. Like I think that's their plan for right field. The thing that I don't like is like you and I, you know, we, we've seen many a spring training, right? Where a Jacob may or somebody plays well, that has no business making the major league team. And they hit in that Arizona air. And then like, you know, the inevitable happens and they're terrible in April. Like, I just like, don't really believe in winning a job in spring training. So my thing is like, you know, like Oscar Colas does have stuff to work on, like game planning and doing his, his pregame hitting and things along those lines. Like James Fegan, one of your frequent guests wrote about this, like Oscar Colas is so confident in his abilities that he doesn't even like read game plans in the minor league. Cause he just thinks like he's better than the pitchers. And so far he has been right. Like my thing has been, 
with that mentality, I'm not sure like Charlotte does anything for him. And like, I could be wrong, like, but like, I, you know, he's probably going to strike out too much. He's probably not going to walk enough and he needs to figure it out. But like, I just, I don't think he's going to figure that out for four to five weeks in Charlotte. So yes, I, I hope Oscar Colas is the right fielder. And I hope it's not like, Oh, if he does, he'll be the right fielder. If he does well in camp, like just tell that kid, like you're the right fielder and like get your work done. All right, I'm going to give you some names. you got Victor Reyes, Billy Hamilton, Jake Marisnik, Adam Hazley, Yoki Cespedes. All these guys on top of those that are already on the 40-man roster that, that you could consider for the outfield. How many of these guys will we see at some point playing for the White Sox during the season? Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, maybe all of them? No. Um, I, I don't think we see Hazley again. I mean, I think... Like as like the way it's constructed, like if they go to camp with this team, I think Jake Marisnik's on the team. Like he he's the best defender. He can play center. Um, he's hit lefties in the past. He was pretty bad, I think, last year. But you know that's like I think he gets like a million three if he makes the team. I think that's the guy right now. I actually kind of like what they've done in the outfield. I just wish there was one more like bigger piece. Like I you know I pushed for Adam Duvall. I thought that would have made a lot of sense. He like insulate Colas a little bit with like another right-handed hitter, lefty masher. Like they don't really have that guy. So like that guy is probably Marisnik, you know, and then like really Hamilton will be thrilling the, the natives in the queen city in Charlotte, I think. And Victor Reyes, I always thought was interesting, but he was one of these guys that was like a rule five pick that was just taken way too soon. You know, like he was taken in the rule five by Detroit, like four years or so ago now from like high A. And they just put him in the big leagues, and he just kind of like, okay, like fizzled out. So that seems more like minor league depth. But, I mean, to me, like the guys to watch, Marisnik, um, and then you didn't mention the infielders. Like, like Hanser Alberto's been interesting in the past, but I just like, I don't know how you have that guy and Larry Garcia. Well, I don't understand why you have Larry Garcia in the first place. You understand. You, you know that about me. I look at it and go, there. That's why you don't need to give a guy a three-year deal for $16.5 million when there's so many guys just like him. Yeah, like you could just sign Hanser Alberto and pay him his $1 million, and he can back up whoever, you know, like Romy Gonzalez or Lenin Sosa or, yeah, like one of those guys. So I do think it's going to be interesting, though, in camp because everybody kind of talks about Romy Gonzalez and, and Lenin, and I do too, obviously, but I mean, like Jose Rodriguez is there too, he was really on like a great pace at Birmingham to end last year. And then he broke the hammock bone in his wrist. Like what if Jose Rodriguez is awesome in spring training? And then he goes to Charlotte and he's awesome. Like, I mean, maybe that's your second baseman like very soon. So like the White Sox have a lot of guys that are like that, that, that could pop and like, they'll get the opportunity. Um, I think because some of those, you know, some of the guys are in the WBC, like I said, and like, they just, you know, they don't really have, a veteran at second base, which honestly, like, I'm fine with after seeing just, like, kind of the market this offseason. James Fox from Future Sox and every guest on Sox in the Basement brought to you proudly by the Village of Lamont. Want to experience a downtown with real history, great eats and drinks, and green spaces filled with adventure? Visit the Village of Lamont. Shop, dine, drink, explore, and check out the Lamont Wine Walk happening this Sunday February 5th, sip and shop your way through downtown Lamont during their inaugural Lamont Wine Walk. Kicks off at 4 p.m. Learn more at lamontdowntown.com. So I look at the pitching staff, doomsday scenario, Mike Clevenger is suspended for the year or the majority of the year. Whatever happens, all of a sudden they just don't have him. 
in their rotation. And I'm kind of operating under the idea that that's probably going to happen. So is Davis Martin really the only option? Who do you see competing for that? Because I know you said, like, you know, you don't go into spring training and win a job, but there might be a job to be won in the actual rotation at this point, right? Yeah, so one guy that you mentioned, I mean, like, Sean Burke made two starts in Charlotte last year, and they were pretty disastrous towards the end of the year, which, like, is fine. Like, Sean Burke had, like, 90-some strikeouts in, like, 70 innings pitched last year. So, you know, the fact that those are the names that Chris Getz mentioned. Like, Jason Billis is on the 40-man. So, like, I would think, like, Sean Burke and Jason Billis are your immediate depth behind Davis Martin, which, yeah, I mean, really shouldn't make anybody feel great. But, like, Sean Burke is kind of fast-tracked here. Um, and he's like, he's probably a back end starter, but he's like, he's a big league pitcher. So, you know, it's better than what they've had. You just can't really rely on him. And then the interesting thing is too, like Matthew Thompson is clearly the guy of that bunch of high school guys that they've taken, you know, in that big glob where they, they clearly believe in him the most in some of the things that he's done. So that was who that was Thompson, Dahlquist, Kelly, right? There were, there were a bunch yeah, of them, right? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. And then there's some much younger than them too. But I mean, yeah, Thompson's, you know, maybe the most athletic pitcher in the system. So yeah, I mean, that's good to see him because he'll be in double A probably. But I mean, like there's all sorts of, there's like an internet rumor about Michael Pineda yesterday, but I mean, yeah, like I think guys like that, like if there's, you know, like you might get a couple of minor league deals here, right? Like before the opening of camp of guys that like used to be good. And we're going to be like, oh yeah, like those guys used to be okay. And aren't very good anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably that honestly, because I just, I don't see them, um, you know, spending money on one of the leftover free agents on the market that's holding out for, for big money, especially with the Clevenger money kind of tied up right now. So look, I, I want you to either calm me down or back me up on this one. I'm concerned about the World Baseball Classic after watching a team not be able to keep themselves together physically, have so many injuries, and now we're going to have them go play extra baseball at a higher level than what you would normally get at spring training. Is this a bad thing for the White Sox? Well, and like especially when their plan is always kind of just then like just stay healthy, right? That's the plan. Um, like if this team's healthy, like – I have no problem saying that, like, I, I think they win the division. But they've never been healthy. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never been a fan of players of teams that I root for playing in exhibition. Like, I don't like when, you know, like it, like in other sports, too, I think, like, when the Hawks were good, it was like, oh, why are those guys going to do that? Like, when they, when they you know, should be out, like, trying to win a title. But they haven't had a normal spring training, I feel like, in three seasons. And I think part of their big plan is they hired this Jeff Head from the Reds, who's, you know, their like performance sports guy that every other team in the, in like the industry has essentially to tweak their system and, you know, like try to keep guys healthy, which, you know, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on last year, just because of the way it was thrown together. And these players weren't allowed to be in touch with staff, but I mean, like, yeah, like you'd really like to see your own guys in camp, like doing the White Sox thing. But I think it's tough to say no if you like want to play for the country. Okay, so here, quickly going around the horn, I want your prediction. Uh, assuming that everything goes the way that I think the smart money's bet on, that Colas ends up in right field, you've got everybody at your positions from like Vaughn at first and Anderson at short and Moncada starts at third and. Jimenez is your DH, and you you have Benintendi in left, and you've got Robert in center, and you've got Yasmani Grandal as your catcher, and 
let's assume Romy Gonzalez, or at least him or Lennon Sosa are your second baseman, one of them. Who are the four guys you think make the bench? Because you're probably taking a catcher, and then you got Lurie's probably sliding in there, but who, who's making that bench? Yeah, so Romy is the second baseman, so we'll go Larry and his money on the bench. Uh, Sebi Zavala, because the one thing, like I've seen a lot of people talk about adding a catcher, which is fine, but like Sebi Zavala is out of options. And while he might not be great, I just, I don't know if they want to lose that guy for nothing. So I think it's going to be him. Um, and then Gavin Sheets, I think bench, bench bat, like I think used properly could be like, okay. Like as a righty masher, as long as you're not playing him in the outfield a hundred times. Um, so that's those three. And then I guess I'd go Jake Marisnik last. He makes the most sense to me because he hits right-handed and can play all three spots. And he's easy to like, if he's just hitting like 115, you know, like May 20th or something, I feel like he's easy to replace and just like try another guy. Does our old friend who's been on the show before Jake Berger have a, have a way to get back to the majors after that really nice month where I think he had eight home runs and he was like the only guy who could hit the ball out of the ballpark. I just, I don't know. Like, I think like he could, he can hit lefties in the big leagues. I just like don't know where he's going to play. So barring like Moncada getting hurt, I don't know. I'm like kind of surprised that Jake Berger's still around. Not that I don't like him. I just think there's like plenty of teams that he could play for, especially like on the, um, like the short side of a platoon, right? Like you got all these bad teams that he could just starting at lefties for. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like the, I think the 13, 13 rule kind of hurts a guy like Jake Berger where you can't keep an extra position player. All right. I'm 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 looking forward to spring training. I'm looking forward to talking to you throughout the season. I am looking forward to the season. I've had people mention to me, like, you know, I don't know. Are you are you actually even excited about the season, Chris? And I'm like, I do think that, like you said, if they stay healthy and we get competent managing from this team, this is a team that can go to the postseason and make some noise. I don't know if they're a World Series championship team. They 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 didn't do enough, I think, in the offseason for me to say that. But they're a team that can make some noise this year. I'm into it. What about you? Yeah, get get in and take your chances, man. We do. I I saw so many people like done with the White Sox, and like we just sat through two years of Tony La Russa. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm in. I like Pedro Grifol and his staff. And look, like we, I always said. Managers aren't that important, and then the last two years happened. So you know, well, yeah, I'm I'm excited because like I think like there's still a lot of good players on this team, and you know we'll, we'll they'll take their chances and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But there you know there's a lot of guys that I still want to see play every night. Awesome, James Fox, Future Sox, check him out. He does well in the podcast as well. He's a good writer. He, he, we're lucky that he comes on the show. Thanks so much, my friend. All right, good to talk to you, Chris. Socks in the basement, listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. 
and they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. So yeah, World Baseball Classic, Ed, it, that gets brought up by by Fox. And there's a, there's a lot of things that he brings up, but I want to dive into that first. I hate the World Baseball Classic. I know people get excited about it. And I guess from a like a 30,000-foot a view, if you don't care about your team that year, it's fun. But if you have a team like the White Sox coming out of a season where they couldn't keep themselves together physically and adding intensive games... To, to players that have already shown they have a hard time doing 162, it concerns me. Well, I, I mean, yeah, as a fan, as a fan, I, I love the WBC, you know, from from the standpoint of let me watch these games, right? Let me let me see what's going on. And, you know, that part of it I, I like. But, yeah, I mean, as, as a White Sox fan or as a fan of, of, you know, any team, I would be worried about my players getting in there and getting hurt because – we're told as fans that you need that whole spring training to sort of ramp up to the point where you're playing at game level, not, not just going through the motions and working on something, you know, cause that's what they do. They send a pitcher out there and he's going to throw nothing but change-ups for a while. You know, he's not going to throw any breaking balls for his first two starts to avoid tweaking his elbow or anything like that. You know, he's not throwing his full fastball. So yeah, now let's go to the world baseball classic where they're doing exactly that. Like it was, you know, the you're at the all-star break, and they've been working and under pressure and have their arm built up and there's no dead arm or anything like that. I don't, I don't love that. I'm, I'm not a big fan. So if there were no white Sox involved would not bother me one little bit. In fact, I'd be happy. Well, I was pretty excited to see that Dylan cease turn it down. Yeah. I, I, in particular Dylan cease. Yeah. I, I mean like, look, you just had a great season. You, you did more than you've ever done. Don't don't put yourself in a position where you can't go back and either either build on it or at least maintain what you had achieved in the previous season. There's one guy that I actually like the idea of him playing in the World Baseball Classic. First off, I, I hate the idea of any pitchers doing it for the White Sox because that that's just wearing down arms and you need them in the games that actually matter for your they team. They don't have enough depth. Right. And we have even bigger problems after the Clevenger mess when it comes to depth. The guy I want to have at the World Baseball Classic, that I'm okay with playing in the World Baseball Classic is Yuan Moncada. And the reason I'm okay with Yuan Moncada playing in the World Baseball Classic is that it can't get any worse. He can't do worse than what he's done over the last couple of years. He can't underperform anymore. Maybe playing with his countrymen in a relaxed atmosphere away from the team that's paying him all this money that he's coming up short for, maybe he remembers how to play baseball. Maybe it's a mental block. Maybe when Ozzie Guillen is sitting around during pre and post game talking about how much this kid cares and how much he gets down on himself, maybe he will get back to his roots. You know, it's almost like a baseball movie, right? Guy works his way to the major leagues, starts doing well, decides he wants to be a singer too, maybe loses his concentration, presses too much because fans are booing him and needs to find his mojo again. I don't know if that's the the case, but I about like like the finding the fun and the love of the game again, right? Thank you, and, and like I think that it, it could be the case. Like I'm I'm looking for anything to fix this guy, especially with the money you're going to owe him over the next couple of years. Like maybe he goes and he plays with his teammates. 
maybe some guys that he doesn't normally sit around in the baseball world, look at him and go, hey, kid, what's what's your problem? You got all this talent. Maybe he finds his stroke. Maybe all of a sudden he gets back to the White Sox and the guy's ready to go to start the year. And we get a hot start from him because I don't see any other way that I get a good season out of you on Moncada because the way things have been going, he is far more what he was last year than what he was in 2019. The excuses of COVID legs and the and and him trying to work things out and pressing too hard. There has been too much of a body of work through the 2020, 2021, and 2022 seasons. That's what he is right now. He's not 2019, Yohan Mankata. And, and th- so I don't believe that he's all of a sudden going to have these three bad seasons and then revert back to something close to what he was four seasons earlier. That, I, unless, unless something like this changes everything for him. Like th- that's why I'm okay with him being in the WBC. Well, I'm okay with it partially because one, like you said, he can maybe rediscover his love for the game when he's fighting for his country. Okay. And that is a, you know, th- there's, there's something romantic in the game of baseball. And that's one of those things like, you know, here, here we are, we, we do this because we love it. But the other part of it too, is just, he, He's not 2019 Yohan Moncada because nobody in the major leagues is their 2019 self. Okay, right. It was demonstrated that there was something going on there where offense was way up across the board for everybody. So ignore that year entirely for anybody that you're talking about pretty much. And what I want to see Yohan Moncada be able to do in real game situations, in, in, in games that matter to a degree, okay, more so than spring training games, which we know don't matter, or even regular season MLB games, which the White Sox caught themselves last year thinking didn't matter as much, all right? What I want to see is I want to see if Yon Moncada can come up with an identity for himself going forward as a player offensively that is not a home run hitter, okay? Because I don't think he's that. I don't think he's a 30 home run a year guy. And the idea that he is going to turn into that, he's never shown it. And the idea that he could turn into, however, say more like a guy that's going to hit closer to 300 and just take his knocks and spray the ball around, I would have. I would rather him try and develop that identity. Oh gosh, I I, I take 275 and 15 home runs in great defense. Absolutely, at third base absolutely. Any day of the week. I, I just don't. From him. I just don't know if he's capable of doing it because he can't get out of his own way. But this is the opportunity. The WBC is an opportunity in real game situations for him to decide: Am I going to try and elevate the ball and hit it out of the park, which I may not be able to do, or am I going to focus on contact, putting the ball in play, becoming a better hitter? And just, you know, doing something productive offensively, not being the hero necessarily, but being a guy that just absolutely can be counted on to come up and give a quality at bat. If he can do that in the WBC, then yes, I think you can translate that into the White Sox and have an opportunity for him to get off to a decent start and maybe just maybe end the year. Like you said, 270 with 15 home runs and really good defense at third base. That's not worth what he's being paid, but it's not terrible. And the guy that concerns me the most is not even his teammate on Team Cuba, Luis Robert, who I would like to wrap in bubble wrap 
and make sure that he's, I, he's, uh, he's lifting yes, his please. weights. I want him lifting his weights like I saw in the hype video and and making sure he's Doing ready. Doing the things he's never done before. Right, exactly. And I think Aloy's playing as well. I mean, so, you, you know, I want to wrap him in bubble wrap. These are guys I'm all very nervous are going out and playing. Right, because Aloy's going to convince somebody. You got to put me in the outfield, coach. I'm an outfielder. I need to prove this to the White Sox, and then that's going to be a disaster. Like I don't even want to watch right. those games. Like that's why I'm going to avoid the WBC because it doesn't benefit me who wins. But I'm going to be waiting for a White Sox player to get injured. But the the guy that makes me really nervous is you know I'm reading that Lance Lynn is is playing for Team USA. I mean, here's a guy who, as he gets older, and look, Lance, I'm not calling you fat. I'm a fat guy. You you're a big boy though, and you're getting older, and yeah. you had some you've had some knee <laughs> Lance, problems, Lance. Just just because you can't see us, Lance. Right. You've never met us in person. Right. Trust us when we say we are not in a position to body shame. No. Anybody. No, I'm not okay? doing that. Okay. I'm an XL. All right. I I'm an XL. I'm a I'm a I'm a double X in certain yeah, situations. I'm, I I could squeeze into the 36s, but I go for the 38s because they're a little bit more comfortable. I mean that's that's where I'm at right now. Okay, Lance. So look, you're an athlete. You're you're better than me. Okay, you could probably, uh, you know, in a physical contest, you you would beat me in most things. But you also are a guy who's already experienced some knee issues. And as an old man at forty-five, who remembers even when his knees would act up, when he would do, you know, uh, sports in his thirties and at your age, the idea you're going to put more on yourself, I think, is a terrible idea for the team. I get what he wants to do, and the team doesn't want to sit there and tell players don't play, right? Like I, you, I, I don't mean, think but, they can. No, I, no, no, I honestly no, think no, no, that they're the really Braves, not allowed. The Braves told Ronald Acuna no. That's what he says. He says the Braves told him no, and that, that's an organization that I wish my team was more like in a lot of ways. Besides that's the true, WBC, yeah. right? So there's a professional baseball organization who looked at a guy who's been dealing with injuries, and they're like, "No, you have a contract with us." Like you, this is this is an issue. We want you not to go. If they didn't order him to do it, they highly suggested it because that's what he's already said in interviews is he's not playing because of the Braves and what they said to him. So like, I mean, it would it would be nice like if the if the Sox were like, you know, I don't know. Do you think this is a good idea? You didn't pitch the whole year last year. Do you really want to put those extra innings on your arm? We kind of need you. We may only have four starters depending on how everything shakes out with Clevenger. So, I mean, like, like maybe maybe don't do this. So, I mean, like, those are where my concerns are for this thing. Again, I understand what Major League Baseball is doing. They're growing their game. I get it. Everything they do is about growing their game. But my, my number one concern is for the Chicago White Sox, and I'm very happy that my ace, Dylan C., said no. Because you know who's been saying no to the World Baseball Classic for years? Mike Trout. Now he's late in his career, and I think he's actually going to play. But, I mean, here was a guy who was always like, no, because my my allegiance is to my team. Now, his team hasn't had any allegiance to him over the years because they don't put anything around him, and they're just right. wasting him out there. So maybe he was finally like, well, I'm going to play in the World Baseball Classic. But, I mean, I love the fact that Dylan Cease was like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I don't need to do that. I think that was the right choice. I wish, I wish more White Sox players would have made that call. Yeah, it's just, it's going to be a shame when one of them gets injured, even if it's not a, a, a season-ending injury or something like that. But if it gets to be where Lance Lynn has a delayed start to his season because he tweaked his knee again, or Aloy Jimenez goes after a ball in a way he shouldn't have gone after it and ends up being on the on the IL for a bit, or somebody pulls a hamstring and can't start the season, and the team gets off uh, you know, to a stumbling start again. That's where you're going to sit there and go, why? 
why, why, why did you do this? And I know it's for the love of country, but for the love of God, don't love your country that much. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You, you know, end of the season, you can't wait to hear somebody give the excuse that they had an off year because they tweaked something in the World Baseball Classic and played through it for six months, right? Oh, yeah. Like, that would just make you pull your hair out. And, like, and that's that's that, that's my, that's what my concern of, of it. Oh, so really, your concern is not so much the injuries. It's just you don't want to be bald and fat. Right. <laughs> Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.